When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. We decided to do this on Monday as well, so you guys could enjoy the bye week um, as well. So, obviously not where we want to be right now at 4-8, and eight, um, but I am proud of the guys, the way they've com- continued to battle and compete over the last few weeks. Um, you know, again, when things are bad, you can, they can go one of two ways. And, you know, I'm really proud of the way the guys have continued to come in and compete. And we've seen um, some progress over the last couple of weeks and the, and the results, you know, to show. So um, a, lot of, a lot of, you know, we got five games left. So, you know, against the NFC teams, you know, against four different teams and, you know, we're not out of it. So um, with that being said, I know you guys are going to have some questions in terms of, you know, upcoming free agents. You know, I'm not going to talk about any of those guys today. That'll be postseason conversations, you know, whether it's Saquon, Xavier, you know, all the guys that are UFAs, you know, we'll leave that for, um, you know, after the season, those conversations. And then with Daniel, you know, he's five days off his surgery. Um, he's in there rehabbing right now. Um, you know, he's going to attack it. You guys all know Daniel and his work ethic, you know, probably a guy we're going to have to pull back. But the expectation is when Daniel's healthy that he will be our starting quarterback. Um, you know, again, we don't have a crystal ball in terms of how the rehab's going to go. You know, different patients respond differently to these surgeries. And, you know, whether it's going to be swelling in the knee or any setbacks, again, nobody has a crystal ball on this, but that's the expectation moving forward. So uh, with that, I'll open up to any questions you guys may have. So you said it's obviously not where you want to be. Like when you look at it, what are the biggest factors that have led the season to kind of go in this direction? Yeah, I would think um, you know early on, you know we had a we had a difficult schedule um, right off the bat. You know, three games in eleven days, and you know, two of those teams being um, you know top of the NFC right now are near the top of the NFC. So um, you know, again, we started off you know very good drive against Dallas there to open the season. You know, we get a false start, a bad snap, a block field goal for a touchdown, and you know, kind of snowballed from there. So again. Don't, don't want to make any excuses. You know, we've had some injuries and, you know, again, we just got to continue to build the depth and we got to continue to build the team all around. So when injuries do occur that we can overcome those and, um, you know, still be competitive, you know, when injuries happen, it's going to happen every year. It happens. It's football. It's a contact sport. There's going to be injuries and, you know, we got to be able to overcome, you know, any type of adversity that, that presents itself. So when you say Daniel will be your starter, does that mean you won't draft a quarterback next year? No, it does. I, I think we're going to have to do something in the quarterback. Um, whether it's free agency or or the draft, I mean, just where we are, Tyrod's um, contracts up. You know, Devito is obviously under contract, and Daniel. You know, we don't know when he's going to be ready. So, you know, just from an off-season program standpoint, you know, I think um, that'll be a position that we'll we'll have to look. Um, again, there's different avenues, free agency or the draft, but we'll, we'll have to address it at some point. Joe, I have a two-parter for you, if I may. Um, when you look back, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty, do you feel the, the roster assembly, the way you constructed the roster, benefited the team with the depth? I mean, I know you went heavy on receivers, maybe a little light on outside linebackers. It could have been because the guys that you wanted weren't there. But when you look back on that, do you have any regrets on how the roster was constructed? Yeah, Patty, that's a great question. And again, you're only afforded so many resources to, to build the roster. And we've been here for... I think it's 22 months in a day. So it's 
you know, again, you have to decide how you're going to build it as you build it with the big picture in mind. And you can't do it overnight. You know, again, yeah, like what does it cost to go get more pass rushers, you know, financially or draft capital, you know, based on all the needs that you have and where you are financially or in the draft. So, um, you know, no regrets. Um, again, we'll continue to evaluate our process and, you know, were there other players available, other players you could have taken? Did you you miss on something? We'll, we'll evaluate the entire process at the end of the season, but um, you, you can't do it all, you know, you can't do it overnight. You know, instead of getting a Bobby O, like, and who's been a very good player for us that we brought brought in in the offseason, you know, do, do use that money elsewhere or in terms of allocation of resources. So, um, you know, I like a lot of the guys that we brought in in the offseason. And again, um, you know, we knew this wasn't going to happen overnight and it takes time to build it the right way. And then regarding injuries, you mentioned, you know, that that's been a problem. I know you guys looked at that in the offseason. What takeaways did you have? And are, are there still things that you can do? And have you identified things that maybe you can do it might be too late now, but you know, have you kind of said, "Hey, we got to change this up for next year"? We're going to continue to evaluate that. You know, I wish it was one specific injury. You know, it just hasn't been a consistent. If you could look and say, "Man, we have seven guys that have the same injury," uh, you could really do a deep dive on what do we need to do to improve. You know, what we're doing in that area, but um, it ha there hasn't been a, a consistent other than we've been injured often. But I have a lot of. Um, I have a lot of confidence in our training staff and Ronnie Barnes and our strength staff with fits and we're going to continue to look under every rock for any competitive advantage we can get from a sports science uh, training strength and conditioning whatever it may be because it is it's hard to go in and compete week in and week out if you don't have your best players and um, you know I think one of the guys was telling me the other day like going into the season um, if you'd have told me you know Waller Andrew Thomas Saquon and Daniel would play less than 40 plays together you know, I, I, I wouldn't have been real excited about that. And that's that's the reality of, you know, how it played out. Sure, what is your evaluation of one, Evan Neal, and two, Tommy DeVito? Yeah, I think I'll start with Tommy. Tommy's done a good job as an undrafted free agent. Um, he's come a long way since, you know, he arrived here in May as an undrafted guy. And uh, that's a testament to his work ethic and buying into to the process and, you know, Shea and Kafka and, and what they're teaching him. and. Um, He's taken care of the football the last couple of weeks, and you know he's done a good job. Um, he's got some swagger and some some presence about him that the, the players like, and they follow him. And um, you know, again, Evan, you know, got off to a really good camp, had a concussion, uh, missed a couple weeks, came back, and um, needs to play better. Yeah, Evan needs to play better. He knows that, um, and look forward to getting back here um, when he's healthy. But you know, I think he'd admit there's some things that he can do better, and we look forward to continuing, you know, him continue to improve. When you look at um, um, a couple of things on Daniel, um, how do you assess how he played um, at the start of the season, those first five starts? And also, is there a, um, a worry that he has not been able to stay healthy? I mean, he's had some major injuries. Obviously, the knee is the last one, but two necks. He's had, you know, lower yeah. leg things that, that, you know, moving forward with him, how much of an issue is that? Yeah, and any of these guys coming off the knees, it takes some time. Like, you know, Wandell, DJ Davidson, Beavers, some of the guys that had him last year for us, it does, it does take time, you know, to come back to that injury. And... Um, some are able to respond quicker than others. It depends on the patient. Um, and then, you know, Daniel early on, again, we got off to that rough start. We had three games in 11 days. There were some injuries after week two. Um, you know, a short week, you're going to play San Francisco without your, you know, starting left tackle, starting guard, and, and Saquon. I mean, that's that's tough task for, for anybody. You guys have probably seen San Francisco enough this season to know that's a really good defense. So, um, you know, again, I think, you know, again, does Daniel wish you could have some throws back or some games back or do some things differently? 
um, probably, but it's a team game. You know, there's 11 guys out there and everybody's got to be on the same page and do their job. So, you know, we got to continue to build the team. Um, you know, the quarterback position is important, but it's ultimately a team game. And, um, you know, it's, it's not all on Daniel by any means. With Daniel, how realistic do you think it is for him to be back for training camp and for the season? And also, was there, I know when they go in there sometimes, it, was it just the ACL? Did they, or was it, was it anything else that went along with that? Yeah, I'm not getting into the specifics of the surgery. Um, it, it went well. And then the recovery, like I said, I mean, it, it depends. I've seen guys come back in eight months. I've seen guys, you know, we've got some that still aren't back that, that had them a year ago. So, again, we're probably going to have to pull this kid back. Like, he's a hard worker. He's already in there. I saw him walking across the parking lot this morning, you know, holding his crutches in his hands rather than using them. But, um, you know, that's the type of kid he is. You know, he's going to work very hard. We just got to protect him from himself and make sure he's doing things the right the right way and not overtraining. Um but again, it's really hard to say, Jordan, to be honest with you, being in this for as long as I've been in it. huh? How do you plan for it then, not knowing? like Kind of what I said earlier, on the, like we're still going to have to address the position at some point because there's no guarantee he's going to be back week one. And Tyrod's, you know, his contract's up. So, you know, we just got to figure out. Those will be off-season decisions. Um, you know, as we go through the off-season, we'll have a little bit better idea of his return to play, you know, as he continues the rehab. Joe, there's, there's addressing the position and there's using a first round, possible first round pick on, on the position. So where are you on that on that spectrum? I mean, if, if if there's a player that you like there that's a quarterback in the first round, would you would you make that choice? Yeah, we're, we'll take the best player available. You know, if the best player available, you know, for our team is at a certain position, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, we won't shy away from it. And again, that's that's a ways away, you know, the draft in April. So, um, you know, we're still working through all that and the offseason progress. So we, we have to come up with a plan, like I said, just for the offseason right now. Dan, or Tommy's the only one. I almost said Danny DeVito. Tommy's the only one that's under under contract. So, you know, we'll, we'll look at all different avenues there. Why do you still believe in Daniel? How would you answer that? Um, I mean, I've seen it. I mean, you guys were all saw last season. I mean, the guy won ten games. He won a road playoff game for the for the Giants. I mean, you guys saw the whole the preseason. Um, again, I just think um, you know we got punched in the nose early on, and you know we dug ourselves a hole, and we weren't able to to, to get out of it. You know, we're, we're trying to right now, but still believe in Daniel and uh, the person. Joe, when you look at your evaluation process, you have your plan. You guys set your plan up. In scouting and college scouting, when you look through the season, you go to the games you're going to go to on the weekend. Mm -hmm. When things happen with the current roster, does that change your process at all? Where you may go, what prospects you may scout, or do you kind of stick to your plan throughout and then assess after the season? Yeah, you have to be able to adjust, and it's not necessarily our roster. It may be, hey, this kid at school X, we had really low, and he's playing really well, or this kid was a sophomore, now he's a junior. We didn't know about him, now he may come out for the draft. Agents are saying, you know, he's gonna come out. So you always have flexibility in your schedule. Um, typically make my schedule in August based around where we may play, you know, geographically, um, you know, where it's easy to get, you know, meet back up with the team. So um, yeah, you kind of have an initial top 100, you know, how many of those can you go see? And my staff does a very good job. Um, they kind of give me a 20 must see, 25 must see. And I try to see those those schools, um, you know, starting in August, I'll map it out. How much work have you done on the top quarterbacks in this class? Uh, I've done a lot of work on the entire draft. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm further ahead this year than last year. Last year, kind of being the first in season as general manager, um, different schedule than what I've had in the past as an assistant GM or director of player personnel. So, um, you know, I, I tweaked my process a little bit this year so I can stay up on, you know, all positions. Joe, there was a... <clears throat> 
how do you look at Saquon's season, both the injury and still being your most productive offensive player? And then there were some national reports that you still see him as part of your future. Can you address that? Yeah, like I said, the UFAs we'll talk about after the season. I'm, I don't know. We tried long and hard to get something done with him, and we'll we'll see what happens in the off season. Um, Saquon's, I mean, he's a captain. He's he comes to work every day. I know there were some questions a couple weeks ago about you know still coming to work and does it you know the longevity and the tread on the tires and all that stuff. And um, he comes to work every day. Uh, he does everything we ask. He's a great teammate. He's a captain. Um, big reason I think. You know, as you're going through adversity, I think he's a big, big part of keeping the locker room together. Um, and you know, I respect Saquon a lot and the way he's handled himself through this entire process. And I have a lot of respect for Saquon. Joe, why, why did you make the uh, Leonard Williams trade when you did? Obviously, the, the deadline. But why, why did you make it there? Yeah, I think um, you know the draft compensation. Um, you know, when Seattle called and offered a second round pick. You know, for a 29-year-old player that was on an expiring contract, we had nine games left. Um, you know, it just just made the most sense uh, long term, in terms of the build. You said he needs to play better. Yeah. But are you at a point, at the end of his second year, where you need to think about whether he's a tackle or he's a guard? No, I don't think so. Um, I've went back and watched the Alabama stuff. Like the, the kid can play. We just got to get him to be more consistent. Like I've got a lot of confidence in Evan. Uh, he's a hard worker. It's killing him right now to be out there. He's missing some valuable reps in year two, but as soon as he's healthy again, he's scratching and clawing to get back. We're looking forward to getting back there. But um, you know, he knows there's some things he can do better, and um, you know that's what we expect from him. Why did you make Saquon unavailable at the trade deadline? It seems kind of counter to how you you operate. Um, why did I make Saquon? I wasn't going to move him. I, we had a conversation about it. It wasn't even a when it came. I think some of you guys asked a question about that maybe a couple of weeks before the trade deadline or the week of, and just to eliminate distraction. Like again, I think it's what we just said. He's he's one of our most productive offensive players right now. To to move that guy, um, you know, just didn't make didn't make any sense, and we didn't take any calls or receive any calls on him. So where do you think the construction of the offensive line went wrong this year? Uh, where what went wrong? Uh, Andrew Thomas getting hurt the first series of the game, uh, the season. I mean, that doesn't help when you lose an all-pro left tackle. Um, you know, I think we have, through 11 weeks, we had nine different starting O-line combinations, which is the second most in 15 years. We have 21 different O-line combinations, which is the fourth most in 15 years. So, like, we were down to our fifth and sixth offensive, offensive tackles. It's, it's hard to prepare for that um, when you have eight or nine on the roster. So. When you go to camp, you're talking about your fifth and sixth offensive tackle being the fourth quarter of the third preseason game. Like that's that's in reality, that's what you're talking about. So, um, you know, we won 10 games with the same offensive line last year, with the exception of John Michael Schmitz. We inserted him for, you know, Gates went on to Washington. Um, I know you'd asked about him. And, um, you know, Feliciano went on to San Francisco. So, again, we, we ran it back with the same guys. Uh, with We thought John Michael would be an upgrade in there, which, He's done a good job for us. And, and again, as you're building this, back to Patty's question, like you have to, you know, was it more weapons for Daniel? Was it outside backers? Was it corner? We're trying to build this thing. As much as, you know, we want instant gratis gratification and, you know, instant results, um, there's an element of patience as you build it and try to build it the right way. And you just, you can't address everything overnight. And we're going to continue to work on it. And I do believe in building it up front and offensive line's important. and. Um, probably didn't play as well as we needed to early on, and it's it's not all on the offensive line. You know, sometimes it's you know eleven guys on the same page. Receiver doesn't run the run right right route. The 
quarterback doesn't get the read or doesn't pull the trigger. I mean, there's there's several different reasons. And then the continuity amongst those five is very important, whether you're passing off stunts and games, uh, the communication up there. And when it's in a revolving door, it's hard for the you know the continuity and those guys to gel consistently. So and that's a long-winded answer, but there's various reasons to you know some of the issues up front that we've seen this year. But you know we'll continue to address it. Given the, the lack of continuity at O line and, and injuries and stuff, how do you evaluate that and decide what you want to do with it moving forward? Yeah, we have some guys that are up this year that are you know that have started some games for us. So again, those would be you know post you know, postseason conversations on, you know, where we need to address, who do we want to bring back? What does it look like if we do bring some of those guys back? And then, you know, the landscape of free agency and, um, you know, the draft. So, you know, those would be postseason conversations. Yeah, how much would you say your voice is heard in terms of the depth chart of who plays? And I'm asking that because there's a theory out there that Eric Gray was kind of forced into the punt returner job <clears throat> because the front office used the draft pick on him and didn't <clears throat> want to see him waste it. Yeah, that... I understand where you're going with that. Um, that that's on that's on me. Um, to be honest with you, that's that's another Patty. Again, we, we we tried to address the punt return. Like we knew it was an issue in the draft. Some of the guys we liked went probably higher than where we deem. You know, you, you, you take a guy. Um, Eric had done it at Tennessee and he did it at Oklahoma, and we were comfortable. The coaches were comfortable. Uh, we were comfortable going into the pre or into the regular season based off what we were seeing. I know Crowder's having success in Washington. You bring him up. You know, we kept seven receivers. We couldn't keep eight. Um, you know, do the mat who do you move on from from the group if if you kept Crowder? You know, so there were some moving parts in there, and that's just me being candid with you. And that's that's on me. You know, the returner. Um, uh, I'm glad we got Gunner here though. He's done a really good job for us. Um, and, uh, you know, Eric's got a bright future, and we probably put him in a spot that uh, wasn't most comfortable for him earlier, you know, either. But, um, you know, he went out there, didn't, didn't flinch an eye, didn't bat an eye, and um, did what he could. But, again, that's, that's, that's on me early on. We, again, we've, we couldn't do everything overnight and uh, as much as we wanted to, and that was a position we continued to, to, to look for. And, you know, Pittsburgh let Gunner go, and, and we were able to get him. Joe, Joe, is there any part of you that, that's – I know you're not focusing on – on uh, unrestricted free agency yet, but the overall financial health of the team going into this offseason and what you could potentially accomplish in terms of talent infusion because of where you guys are at there with the books. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, it's, you know, free agency is hard. Obviously, I'd like to draft and develop and, you know, sign our own, which we did some of those guys that, you know, had been here in the offseason, you know, retained some of the guys that were here previously. And, you know, we got some good foundational pieces in some of the draft picks that are here. Um, but to hit on a guy like Bobby O, you know, who fits, you know, everything that we're talking, smart, tough, dependable, and a good player, you know, when you're, we're divvying up those type of financial resources outside the building, you got to really make sure you're bringing in the right type of people as well. You know, their work ethic, you know, the ability to learn the scheme. So there's some risk in, in free agency, but again, we'll, we'll do our homework and we are in, you know, relatively healthy cap situation and, you know, we can move some things around if we need to open up more, but, you know, I think we'll, you know, we'll be judicious in our process in terms of the, you know, free agency market. Do you, do you look changes to the coaching staff and what would your involvement be in any decision like that? Yeah, those are all, I know you guys just asked Dave's about that. So those are all postseason conversations and I'll lean on Dave's on that. When you look at this team and, and this roster um, in, you know, in your second year, is this more <laughs> in your head, a 10 win team that made the playoffs or a four win team that is, you know, lost four out of, the first whatever games and you know needed a two-game winning streak to get there you know is there 
you, you're right or is it wrong at this point? Can you say that again? I'm well, I mean, I mean, last year you won 10 games and made the playoffs. Do you look at yourself, look at this team as that is what we are, or is it more a 4-8 team is what you are right now? Yeah, it's still you are what your record says you are. You know, we're four and eight right now. Um, unfortunately, there, there were some close games. Yeah, there's a couple games we wish we'd have back um, recently, but um, we're, we're four and eight, and we're having some adversity this year. But I've got a lot of confidence in the coaching staff. Um, again, I think we have some young pieces on the roster to build around. And again, there's I think we're the second youngest team in the league, so some guys are getting some valuable playing time. Um, and again, it just it takes time. It takes a couple off seasons. It takes a few drafts to to build it, you know, the right way. And again, trust me, I it hurts, you know, when you lose and you're four and eight, and it, it's, it's not fun. Um, but you don't want to lose sight of the big picture and and the proper way to to build the roster. And you know, that's what we got to stay focused on. That report said there was a chance that Martindale <clears throat> might not finish the season with you guys. Is that something you have to look into? What's your role in figuring out or getting to the bottom of whatever that is? What was the report? I didn't see. What was the report? You didn't see the report that Wink's not going to make it through the season. Jay Glazer from Fox uh, reported that there was a chance that Martindale might not even make it through the season, and that he probably wouldn't be back after the year. That yeah. was yesterday morning on uh, Fox's national broadcast. Yeah, I didn't realize he said that he wasn't going to make it through the year. Yeah, I, don't, I think Dave's just addressed that. Yeah, listen, there's always going to be noise. I mean, there's, there's a lot of noise in this market. It is what it is. Um, I, you know, I know what we think inside those four walls, and that, that's what matters. Like, again, I've got a great relationship with Wink. I don't know where some of this stuff comes from. And, you know, again, that's uh, – I'll yield to Dabes on what he said on, on that. Seen, what have you seen about the relationship from the relationship between Wink and Dabes? Like, that's what it was, that's what it was about. 22 months we've been here. It hasn't changed. Um, Step. What are your thoughts on how uh, Dave's has handled the adversity compared to I mean, last year? Must have been easy compared to the, the challenges yeah, he has this year. It's e it's easy to lead when you're when you're winning and you're out front and you're you're running out front. It's it's easy to lead. So um, I think you know again as we continue to build this, it's it's year two. Going through adversity, you find out a lot about people, and it's been challenging for for everybody in the building, you know, including myself and Dave's and and how you. How you lead when when things aren't going well, I think is important, and you know I think Dave's has done a good job. Again, like we're starting an undrafted free agent, you know the last two games and we've won two games, so I mean it's it's not easy to keep everybody together. But you know there's a lot of those guys in the locker room that are under contract for for past this season and understand there's a you know there's a you know we're still in it. It's 2023 and we're we're focused on the Packers, but you know the big picture as well. So. Um, you know, again, to, to go up in front of that team when, when things aren't going well or there's injuries or whatever it may be, it's not easy. Or you trade a, a veteran player who's the leader in the locker room, that's not easy. It's not easy to do. So, um, you know, myself and Dave's as leaders within the organization are still learning as well. Um, but through trying times, I think we've we found out a lot about the people in the building, uh, the players on the roster, and, uh, you know, that'll benefit us, you know, going forward. When Leonard, when Leonard talked about in Seattle after the trade, he kind of made comments. He said when he met with you, uh, the way he framed it, it seemed like it, it was almost you gave him a choice as to whether or not he would be traded to Seattle. Is that how that played out, or were, were there, you know, what was that conversation like? Yeah. Um, all right, I understand the question. I'm going to, I'll keep our, you know, conversation between Leo and I. I think, Paul, I think it was you that talked to Brandon Parker. 
Um, I think he did a, a wonderful job articulating and you know mapping out exactly what happened. Um, you know, I, I, re, I got a lot of respect for Leonard, and again, I I'll keep our conversation between us. And I think Brandon did a good job of you know walking through that process and how that went down. So if Leonard said he didn't want to go to Seattle, you wouldn't have made that trade. Never. It's a hypothetical. I don't. <laughs> All right, I, I'm not going to get into it. Like, yeah, I, I understand. Intuitive to what, how you really carried your first season and how you you've really, not, not yeah. the relationship aspect of it, but the idea of a team came with a second round pick to you, a draft asset like that. The fact that you would put it in the player's hands, at least that's how it was portrayed through the agent and through the player. Yeah, and that won't happen for everybody. Just Leo and where we were, and you know, again, you. These aren't just as much as you'd like it to be transactional in fantasy football. Like just drop a player, add a player, drop a player, add a player. Um, there's a human element to it. Um, there's a locker room element that you got to think about. Uh, the ripple effect. Um, still a lot of games left. So that was that was a very difficult decision on on many fronts. Just as many pros as cons. So um, again, I'll just keep Leo and I's conversation between us, but. You know that's that's the human element of this job. Like it's you know what makes sense for the franchise moving forward versus um, you know relationships, locker room, uh, perception. You know you got to take all that into account. Joe, something you said earlier about you know you learn about people during uh, adversity and whatnot. What have you learned about yourself, and what do you feel you can do better moving forward as you approach these last few games in the upcoming off season? Uh, what have I learned about myself? Yeah, it's uh, you got to have a good poker face, you know, because as, as bad as it eats you up, you know, inside when things aren't going well, you know, people are looking to you uh, for confidence and hope that things are going to get better. And I know that because I've been on the other side of it. Um, you know, my second year in Buffalo, I, th I think we actually we were six and ten, and at this point in Buffalo, we had the exact same record that we have here. But you know, you're always looking to the leaders, you know, whether it's my scouts, the coaches, the assistant coaches, that that things are going to get better and they're going to be okay. And you know, you got to go through the building on a, a weekly basis and like, listen, tr trust the process, trust the plan. Uh, we're going to get this thing going. I've got a lot of talented people in the building, uh, whether the personnel staff or the coaching staff that have, you're going to go through adverse times in the NFL. And um, you got to understand that things are going to get, you know, they're going to be better and trust the process and it takes time. And, you know, I believe that, you know, the staff in there, um, you know, has, has stuck together and been strong and they understand where we're going and what the big plan, you know, the big picture is. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Joe, specifically with the the quarterback position with Daniel, I, I imagine <clears> you, you know what you have in him, that you know is your, what you believe his potential is or what you see, basically what you've evaluated over the last couple of years and throughout his career before he came here. Mm -hmm. How do you balance the known with the possibility of acquiring an unknown with a different ceiling with something like that? Um, trying to figure out. So the known of Daniel, like I would say, of a, another another acquiring another player through the draft or something like that, yeah. where you don't necessarily know what his ceiling is because he hasn't played in the league. Right. Yeah. And there's always risk. I mean, look at the past however many years of top ten quarterbacks. You know, we just we went. I just went through it in 2018 draft, and how many of those guys are starting? Or how many are with different teams? Some are out of the league that were taken in the first round from that draft. So. Um, Again, it's not a position you can just evaluate on film. I don't believe you got to get with these kids. You got to meet with them. You got to get around them. You got to put them on the board. Can they learn? Can they process information? You got to talk to the people, especially in this market, like bringing a quarterback into this market. I mean, it's it's not for everybody. Not everybody can handle it. Um, but again, you know, it could be a free agent. Whatever. We're gonna have to address it at some point. Um, again, that may be 
we have a UFA here that, you know, we could always sign back. So there's different ways that we could address the position. Um, but there's no guarantees as of right now that Daniel will be ready week one. So that's how you got to approach it. Like, who can we bring in that can maybe help us win a couple games while Daniel gets healthy or, um, you know, maybe Daniel will be ready week one. There's just some unknowns right now. And we'll know as we get closer to free agency where he is in his rehab and, and how we need to approach the offseason. Talked about your focus on the big picture and everybody still believes in that. From your conversations with ownership, are they still believing in your vision, Brian's vision, and what you guys are going for, even though this season hasn't been what you wanted? Yeah, absolutely. We have constant communication with, you know, the Mara family, the Tish family, and, you know, articulate the plan. Um, and, you know, they're on board with it. And, and again, you know, as much as it hurts, there, there's – you know, to go through this, you know, there are a lot of young players who are getting valuable experience and, you know, another offseason, another draft, you know, again, we'll continue to build it. And, you know, the communication is very helpful. The fact that, you know, John Mayer is here on a daily basis, we can explain the why, um, why we're doing things, how we're going to do them. And, you know, they're, they're in the loop and, you know, they're on board.